I, I don't know how to act after that. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Washer Community Church. It is a beautiful day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. The Lord has blessed us. Amen, fathers? Oh, good. Amen. Yes, yes. Well, welcome, Internet folks out there. Good morning. How are you? Welcome, twin sisters. Thanks for the campfire last night. It was enjoyable. Um, I remember my father' uh, memories, and um, one of the things that one of the best memories was how he'd answer the phone. It was a time when uh, we had a landline, and everybody in the house used that one telephone. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, so my father, he would be closest to the phone, and he'd he lower his voice. Good evening, Diddle residents. Alfred speaking. How may I assist you? I'm sorry, Jeffrey's in the study uh, preparing his lesson for tomorrow. May I take a message? And then the next day, of course, I go to school, and the kids would say, I didn't know you had a, a, a butler and answered your phone for you. <laughs> and I said, you guys, you're crazy. You're crazy. The butler's on, uh, on holiday. That was our chauffeur. <laughs> but that's the kind of father I had, and uh, I hope and pray that uh, you have today or will be for your children in the future. A father who was a servant and a father, and he just loved us all. So. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Couple of announcements. Um, Pastor, Bri or Pastor Adam has been uh, approved uh, unanimously, and uh, our bulletin says that he will be speaking today, but that's not true. He called in sick, so we have to dock one sick day off his contract. <laughs> I think he's down to two now, Pastor Adam, if you're out there. So um, Scott Abaderis, um, last minute this morning, uh, is preparing probably his uh, message as we speak here. So share a little grace on Scotty with his message. And yeah. Uh, also, VBS uh, teachers and assistants, final meeting, June 27th at 6.30 in the Rock Room. It's uh, open enrollment for uh, students at the kiosk or go online. So BBS is coming up. Let's uh, prepare for it and get excited. And would the ushers please come forward for our offering? Alfred speaking. How may I help you? <laughs> what a smile. Um, please join me in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. Um, you are the perfect father. And I just pray that each and every one of us can uh, be the father that you are, a servant, a friend, a father who just loves us without question. Thank you for that. We pray for our brothers and sisters, all who are healing, uh, struggling with uh, the weather and the storm damage. Uh, uh, please give comfort and aid to those in need. And we just pray for the message and um, uh, Scott, today, that it touches our hearts and opens our lives, and we thank you and pray. Happy Father's Day, Father, in your name. Amen. Father God, we are thankful that we are here in your midst. As the waves and the wind know your name, Father, we trust in you. We lay it at your feet. And Father God, made today May it be well with our soul. That wherever you take us, whatever you have us do, that you are nearby. 
and we can rest in that. So, Lord, I thank you for the fathers who have done their best with the tools that they had. Bless them. And for those that are grandparents now and are looking back and seeing what they did and how they did it, may they not look for excuses of the, maybe their failures, but say, I did my best. We have the perfect model, and that's you. So, Father, today is we look to some scripture about what it means to be a dad. We ask um, that your presence would be with us and we'd walk away with a different understanding of who you are and how you do love us. We pray that in your son, Lord Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> well, glad to be back. <laughs> so God has got a great sense of humor. I... Um, I got up at 5 this morning, and that's kind of early for me, and I'm like, I can't sleep. And I roll over, and Lisa's sitting there next to me. She's like, I can't sleep either. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going to go out on the lake. So I'm out on the lake kayaking, casting, and the phone rings at 7.04, and it's Pastor Adam. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> and he says, guess what? I'm sick. What do you want to do? Okay, God. You do have a sense of humor. So this is my thing. It's going to be here because I don't have slides. We have a couple. But I just thought it was fitting that we get into what it means to have a perfect father and um, the role model for us. So those of you that are dads, well done. Thank you. You've been given tools, gifts from the one above you, which they've been given from the generation above them. And sometimes that stuff is not all good. But it's our ability and our, it's our calling as dads to take the good stuff, pass it on to a, those that God blesses us with, and then throw the bad stuff away. You don't want to pass that on. You want to be a generational chain breaker. So um, before we get rolling on that, I want to have an opportunity for you to maybe share some characteristic of um, who your dad was, what he meant to you, um, some of the good things, of course. Please don't bring up the bads, but um, just raise your hand and I'll get the mic to you because I want to hear what God has done through the dads in this local church body. My dad, John Zinke, he was gentle. Um, he, he loved Jesus. He sang in a quartet. And this lady's husband's uncle was in that quartet. And you know the old gospel hymns, and it was just, it always melted my heart, my spirit, to hear my dad sing. And even Lloyd Day, he was in that, that quartet also. And those men were just, they touched your heart with gentleness and kindness and, and God's love and favor. And also he was very patient, farmer, but then couldn't quite make it, so he had to work at Speed Queen also. It was tough. Six kids, and our grandfather lived with us, and our grandfather knew the Lord at a tent meeting, got saved at a tent meeting when he was young, out on the south side of town. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm just Amen. really grateful for the father generational. Yeah. Scott, you said something about uh, passing on characteristics through generations. Uh, 
my uh, my dad's parents both came as single people from Belgium and uh, wound up meeting each other in, in New York by Ellis Island there and uh, uh, eventually got married and started a farm in northern Illinois and they had nine kids. Uh, one thing they passed on to my dad's generation was the need to be uh, productive and involved with the community. Uh, they were both, my, his, my dad's parents were both raised as Catholics, but they couldn't speak English. And so they made sure that each one of their children spent at least two years at a Catholic school which was about seven miles away, and they, after chores in the morning, they went by, by a horse-drawn wagon to the Catholic school, each one of them for two years. And they did that not only for, for uh, spiritual reasons, but the parents wanted the kids to, to teach them English. And the work ethic that they produced in those, in, in, in those, in those kids was, was just great. Not only work on the farm, but the, the work of passing good things on through the next generations. Uh, through the years, my dad started a, fed, a small feed store. And over the years, which would have been from the time he was 29 until he was 87. And now my older brother, or my, my youngest brother rather, is doing that. But during that time, my dad spent hours and hours and hours mentoring other men. He hired alcoholics. He hired all the, all these guys that didn't have a job and taught them a useful skill and then made sure that each one of his boys got to work with a skilled craftsman. Uh, so we worked with any, any odd bunch of guys that you can imagine, but, but, but we had our pick of so many things that we could do from agriculture to, to mechanics, to, to just everything. And, and the heart this guy had was just a, a wonderful thing to pass on. So uh, I, uh, I do miss him. He lived to a ripe old age, and, and uh, I have nothing but great memories of my dad. Amen. Josiah. Um, <clears throat> my mother had a stroke, massive stroke at the age of 49. And... Um, I got to see my father be a better husband than he'd ever been. And he had been good before, but he took it to the next level. And for the 13 years, 13 and a half years since that happened, he has done everything for my mom. I can't think of a better um, example that he could have set for me. Amen. I remember my father so well. I was born in Depression Day, and my father had so many people laid off at work, and he brought them home, and we had cots in the basement and in the attic. They stayed there until things got better and they could find jobs. And as kids, we were always told, oh, those are your uncles. I had 17 uncles living in my house with my parents, 
during depressions until they could find work. Amen. That's not really what I wanted, Scott. <laughs> but I guess I can come up with something. I thought you said no. Six years ago, I had my hip replacement, and then I had a stroke. And my son came to me Saturday night while I was in the hospital going through stroke protocol. And he says, Dad, what do I need to know to be a good dad? I said, well, the fact that you asked me, you're halfway there. Um, <laughs> um, you lived through my ex-wife's and my marriage. You saw what we did right. You saw what we did wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> Generational chain breaker. Yeah. There's a lot of great stories from dads. On, and my dad was my best friend. And um, I miss him a lot. He's taught me a lot. But what the biggest thing he's taught me is um, forgiveness. Because I screwed up a lot. And yeah, he was firm. But I never, ever felt like he didn't love me. And so I think that's... Uh, something that he instilled in me as our who our heavenly father is. I mean, we as fathers, as you said before, Scott, we do fail, but our heavenly father never fails. He is a great father. And so um, getting back to that video, I want to say I am proud of you, son. I am. He's a father now, and I'm proud of the father you are. Amen. Um, the scripture talks about honoring our parents. And that was just something that we, I think, um, I'm on phone. There you go. We're supposed to honor them. So today, as we honor our dads, if they are here, there's a few things I want to throw at you. That um, God is our, our He's our our model, right? Um, he's our heavenly Father, and He's the perfect example of what it means to be a dad. So, looking at the letters of the name Father, we're going to go through those things. I want you to consider some of the characteristics that, um, that we come up, uh, come up with. So first and foremost, F, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge part of our relationship with our fathers. He's willing and he's able to forgive you of any sin. Our Heavenly Father is able to do that, right? He's forgiving of our sins if we ask him. It's comforting to know that nothing you do is ever so bad that God won't forgive you, isn't that? So, but the key is we have to ask, all right? And I had a relationship with my dad that we didn't talk much. <laughs> kind of an odd thing, right, guys? Or do your dads talk to you often? You know, maybe once in a while there's a grunt and there's a, you know, but to hear what Jim said to his son, I'm proud of you, man, that would have been, blew me away. My father said he loved me probably a handful of times in my career, in my life, right? 
just didn't do it. And that's just, just that generation. But to hear that, I am proud of you, or you're forgiven, man, those words, because words are powerful. They can make and break us, right? How does those things played into my life with my dad um, made me who I am now. And I look back and I say, as a young man, you probably don't know a lot about my history, but 17 years old, senior in high school, that girl over there, she's my bride. We went to school together from kindergarten on. And when we were 17, I was a senior. She was just turned 18. We were expecting. Not something very big to be proud of back then. And then when I had to go talk to my dad and tell my dad that Lisa was going to have a baby and you're going to be a grandpa, it was, it was a hard time, very difficult. My dad, he said this, probably the best words he ever told me. He said, well, son, he wasn't angry. He said, well, son, you want to play? You got to pay, get a job and support your family. And that's all he said. You know what? And those words were so true. Take the responsibility for whom, and what you did and move on. He, in a sense, he forgave me. And without that, if he would have ramrodded me and put me down, I won't think I would be where I'm at today. Because I graduated, and the next day I'm working full-time, and I haven't stopped. Well, I stopped one job recently, but I still got another job. So I'm busy. But forgiveness, we have to have that kind of forgiveness. So if we look at the verse, Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's so true. There is nothing that will separate us from his love. That act of putting shame on my dad Back then, of course, was a different scenario where we're at today. But, but my dad loved me unconditionally, just as God loves us. He was forgiveful, forgiveful, and I am thankful for that. Let's look at the word e, active. Active. He is active in your life at all times. God is always at work around you. Ask God to show you what he's doing. You will be amazed at all that is going on. More important, the invitation to open is open for you to get involved with him. You never have to wait for your turn to be active with God. John 5, 17 says, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. We wait. If we wait and try to wait on our own, is something going to get done? We have to be active. We have to pursue. God pursues us all the time, all around us. Do you think he didn't wake me up this morning for a reason and say, get going? You know, he is active. What are you going to do with it when he says, I want you to go here? 
I want you to go there. Or Scott, I want you to be up front today. I want you to share something. We have to be obedient to say, okay, Father, I'll trust you. You know, just as the song said, the wind, the wind even knew his name and they, and they trusted. You don't think that God trusts you? You as so much as a family, if you have one, he's entrusted you with those littles. I did the best I could. And I'm confident that you did the best you could as dads. But on the other side, what's your role if you're just getting into the game? If you got those little mini mites that are down there hanging on your leg, mommy, daddy, daddy. Sometimes it gets hard. Know that you have all that you need. God has set you up for this time. Love them littles as he loves you. Take an active role in their lives. Be there. Ask the question when they start to stray. What's going on? Where are you? Your words and your time and your commitment to them will pay off dividends. I'm a grandpa. I'm going to be a grandpa again soon. And when each of our kids started to have kids, Lisa and I said, well, what's our role? And we seen them do things. And we said, well, maybe do it this way. You should do it that way. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> what we did do is we went to them and, and we said, take the good. You're, you're a dad for the first time. I was a dad for the first time. Nobody gave me the manual. I wish I would have had one. Our manual is with what we were given. Our manual is with what, how God loves us so much that he gave his son. So take the good that was given to you, pass that on. And we just stand back and we look at our kids and how they're raising theirs. And they take in what we did to the next level. And that, to me, is uh, it's quite amazing to see how God is doing something there. Especially from a young man who I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Catholic church. I did CCD. But, but the word was dead in my life. Because I was never challenged to open it. So I walked away. And then when I was about 27, through my kids, through my littles, I came to know the Lord because I heard the message of God's love. And once I accepted him and I seen the love that he has for me, I could love my kids in a different manner. I could love them how God loves me unconditionally. So he's given us the roadmap. We just got to be able to see it and follow it. Let's go to T. Time. There's my notes. It's very hard to do this on a phone when you just take <laughs> writing stuff down and typing it. 
Oh, time for you. So we get really busy, right? Um, we got a lot going on. And sometimes we just, we don't even have, we don't think we have enough time to um, pour into the lives of our littles, our kids, or even now me as, as my, my kids are adults, pouring time into their lives and saying, well done. I see you doing good things with your kids. Time, quality time. It doesn't have to be hours and hours. Just phone call maybe, checking up on them. Um, Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God desires for us to reach out and spend time with him. And when we do that, he meets us. And when he meets us, he moves us. When we spend time with our kids, pour time and energy into them, you're going to make a difference that's eternal. They may, they may not do it all how you want them to do it, but you just be in their corner, right? Just be in their corner. Be their so-called cheerleader, right? H, the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is that God knows your heart, and he loves you anyways. Proverbs tells us that the heart is deceitful and above all things. Some people may not want to be in your life if you make mistakes. God wants to be with you anytime, and he alone is able to change your heart to be all you were created to be. This is how God showed his love among us, 1 John 4. He sent his, only, his one and only son into the world that he, we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. So you get, love is a choice. It's a decision that we have to make. And you know that if you're in a relationship, <laughs> sometimes your spouse may be, you may call it unlovable. But what do we do with that? If we choose not to love them in their state, <laughs> we're going to have some rough stuff, right? But we have to choose to love them unconditionally. He loved us. And he gave his only son to go on the cross for us, to take away our sins. He was the atoning sacrifice. Can we just love Dads, can we just love our kids when they mess up or when they fail? Or when they shame us? Or they run our name through the mud? That's life. Stuff like that happens all the time. Instead of being bitter, how about just loving them? Let's go to eight or E. E, everywhere sums up. God's place in your life. This is not only for the believer and the non-believer. There is nowhere you can go where he isn't with you. 
it can be encouraging to realize that when you are in a tough place in your life, he is right there with you. Whether other people are there or not, God is always by your side. Romans 8, 35-39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is everywhere. He's all-encompassing. He's all-loving. Nothing can separate us from his love. Dads, if you didn't have that as you were growing up, would you have desired that? And, And if you had that, then tell your dad, thank you. Thank you for that gift of loving you. Right? Thank, say thanks. Last one, R. Rest and read. <laughs> I look at rest and read. These are two areas where most people could use a little work. <laughs> rest is important to you because it's easy to become so busy that you don't take time with the Lord. He wants you to set aside daily time to rest in him and to read his word. See, the Bible is his letter to his children. And the best way to get to know your father is to spend quality time resting and reading all about him in his word. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Rest in that. Rest in that truth. And then we go to John 14, 21. Whoever has, been, has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. We don't know what we're supposed to do unless we are intimately in his word, reading and knowing what his word tells us. Know the commands. Love as he loved us. So, as I wrap this thing up, dads, you've been given a great responsibility. You have been given a great uh, role. What are you going to do with it? If you're in the midst of it, are you forgiving? Are you active? Are you setting time? for your littles, for your sons, your daughters? Do you have a heart for them? And do you share that heart? And who do we role model after? God. Take time and be intimate with him so that you can be just like our Heavenly Father is to us. So going back to my dad, He said he told me he loves me maybe like five times in my life. It wasn't until 
I was saved and I started to realize the unconditional love that God has for, for me, that I was to break out of my shell and go back to him and say, Dad, good job. Thank you. I know it wasn't all right, but thank you for the things that you instilled in me to make me who I am. I love you. And there isn't a day that goes by now that when I don't talk to my dad, he says he loves me back. It's changed his heart because he's seen who God is through me. That change can happen in your life as well. Take what God has given and placed in your heart and move it forward into those that he has blessed you with. And he'll do a wonderful thing. My dad doesn't know the Lord yet, but I'm trusting and praying. God's still got his heart. God still loves him unconditionally. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I don't know, Lord. I just, uh, I just trust that there was something there for your people. Um, Father, we are empty pots. Help us be filled by your spirit to know what love is, the love that you had for us. Help us to be forgiveful. Help us to have time and energy for these people that you call sons and daughters that you've given us. And as we go forth, Lord, may we reach out to our dad if, if he's still here and just say thank you. I love you. And put all the hard stuff aside. It doesn't do anything to hold on to those things, but just, it just separates us from the relationship that you have set family up to be. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We pray that this week you would do a wonderful thing. Pray for Adam as he's sick. We ask that you'd mend him, get his health back so that he can come and serve as he's excited to do but you guys you sideline him for a reason today so we just trust you god we pray that in your son lord jesus name amen